0: Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Valley Church of the Nazarene. We are located at 228 Madison Avenue in Monte Vista, Colorado. I am Pastor Chris Yocum, and I am so glad you have tuned in to listen to this message. I would also love to invite you to join us on Sunday morning for our small group discipleship classes starting at 9 a.m. for all ages, and our worship service starting at 1015 a.m. We have many other activities and Bible studies throughout the week. Please visit our website at valleynaz.com and our Facebook page for more information. Our prayer is that you encounter the God of the Bible and come to know the joy of salvation through Jesus Christ, that you be equipped to engage the world for Christ. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you. Well, I invite uh, everyone to turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10-12. through 12. We do believe in the inerrancy and fallibility of God's Word, the authority of Scripture. I'm going to be reading verses 10 through 12, 1 Peter chapter 1. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Father, we thank you for your word. We're thankful for the faithful witness of your servant Peter. And Lord, we're grateful for the witness of your word. And I pray that you'd help us to have ears to hear, minds to understand, hearts to receive. And Lord, would we be obedient to what you Speak to us. Bless us now, we ask. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've talked about in First Peter this salvation. We we looked at last week a little bit about that. And Peter is speaking to um, the elect, helping them to understand um, their place in the times in which they live, in which they were facing persecution and hardship. And they wanted he wanted them to, to understand that they were. They had a special place and that God was is using them in a mighty way. And even though they were marginalized and persecuted, uh, they were still God's people, and God was watching over them and had a, a special plan for them. And so just what we talked about last Sunday, Peter is helping us to understand that this salvation begins at the new birth, continues through the sufferings of the Christian life, it overcomes death with resurrection and it takes us finally into our glorious inheritance. And all of those things, from Peter, per, Peter's perspective, all of those are part of, our, of this salvation. They're all part. And so, from the, from the beginning, which is the, the new birth, on until we, we reach glory, it is all part of the process. And so, we know that, that the persecution, hardships, and sufferings that we, that we have in this, this world, they have a place in our salvation. They are part of it. They are not, they are not somehow... Um, God is not paying attention or not watching over us. God is is in control. even in our sufferings, even with the the difficult things that we face, God is is using those in our lives. I was looking today, or not today, but yesterday, as I was preparing for this message, I was looking at the uh, uh, doomsday clock. So there's a lot of scientists and smart people that have put have had this doomsday clock. I think it was started back during the uh, time that the nuclear weapons were, were uh, created, and um, scientists got together and began to look at our, uh, you know, the chances of, of some kind of apocalyptic event. And I was looking on there, and they've got us set it at 100 seconds to midnight, which I'm not sure exactly what that means, but if you want uh, something to be more depressed about, go on their site and look and read what their report and I was thinking how, how tragic it is to be um, for that to be what what establishes or what, what you look to for your future is, is looking at something like a doomsday clock or all the, the difficult scenarios that are going on and thinking how all of these are inexorably leading to, to the end. And what a blessing it is the fact that we know that God is the one that controls the future. It's not nuclear weapons or a pandemic or global warming or any of these things that control the future. God is in complete control. And all things are leading in the direction of His, of His will and His plan. And He's firmly in control. And that should give us great hope. And Peter wants us to understand that. He wants us to understand the flow of history and the flow of the future. And all of this is about this salvation that he's talking about. And so, Peter goes and he begins to talk about, in verse 10, concerning this salvation, he says, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come, to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care. So, first of all, Peter talks about the prophets. The prophets spoke of the grace to come. And prophecy, we know uh, from, from an Old Testament standpoint and, and from one aspect, is the foretelling of God's plan. And so, in other words, God has come in advance, and He has spoken through the prophets to tell people what His plan is going to be. So, God, that first of all tells us God has a plan, and He's working out that plan, and He has come to tell us about that plan, and that should give us great, again, great hope. God is not somewhere up there just simply watching. He is, he is involved in our world, and so He comes to, to speak to the prophets, and the prophets um, were speaking about the grace which is unmerited favor that was going to come through Jesus Christ. And then he says that, they, that the prophets searched to find out the time. Searched to find out the time. And the NIV it says time and circumstances, but in the original it just says the time. That they wanted to know the time. The prophets wanted to know the prophetic timeline of the coming of the Messiah. And I want us, you know, we can understand that. Even in our day we are looking to we would like to know the time, right? We would like to know where we're, we are at on the prophetic timeline. We want to know when Jesus is coming back, when the, these events are going to happen. We want to know the time. In, our, in the prophetic word, we can read the what, but what we don't know is when. And so the prophets, even they, they were very interested in trying to find the time because they knew it would impact their life and, in, and their world, and they wanted to know the time. And so they searched intently and with the greatest care, it says. And I think that also speaks to us that we need to also search intently and with the greatest care all of these things that God is revealing, what God is talking about. I mean, we can, we can go and we can listen to science and we can listen to all these other things, and they have something to offer, but folks, the greatest thing we can do is we can search intently what God's Word says, because he, he has spoken about His plan, and that helps us to understand. And then as, time, as the time comes and prophecy begins to be fulfilled, then we will know that. We will, we will um, understand what time we're, we're in as, prof- as prophecy is fulfilled. And then Peter goes on to talk about the fact that the, in, within the prophets, the Spirit of Christ, which is the pre-incarnate Christ in the prophets was pointing or or another way to say it was making clear when he predicted or bore, bore witness beforehand so what peter is talking about there is he's saying that <clears throat> even before jesus christ came jesus christ was active the spirit of the messiah was active and he was active in the prophets and he was pointing to the time that he of his coming And so they were writing down these prophetic words so that people could read them and they would know when the Messiah came. This was all in advance. And this is a very important part of accreditation of the Messiah, that Jesus Christ came and He fulfilled these prophetic words. But Jesus was already working before that time came in the prophets to point to and, and give these indications of His coming So that whenever the time came, those who were studying intently and searching, they would know that the Messiah has come because they would be able to read what was spoken beforehand. So Jesus bore witness of His coming beforehand. And again, that was a very critical piece of our knowing who the Messiah is because He fulfilled prophecy. And so Peter wants us to understand that. That the prophets, they wanted to understand the time, they wanted to know when the Messiah was coming, and they were studying that, and it was the Spirit of Christ who was pointing or bearing witness in them as they wrote down these prophecies. And then he talks about the fact The time and circumstances," in verse 11, which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when He predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. And so the sufferings, of course, are the rejection, the humiliation, and the death of Jesus Christ. So Jesus before, and we see that, you can see that so often in uh, the Old Testament, in the prophetic word, the sufferings of the Messiah. And this was a very difficult thing. This is one of the reasons why uh, so many of the, of the Jewish people missed Messiah's first coming because they could not understand the sufferings of the Messiah, his rejection, humiliation, and death. Even to this day, they look to a Messiah who's going to come and, and he is going to take his role as king and he's going to be this great leader. And they could not see how the, the, the Messiah could come and suffer in this way. Even with the prophetic message and, and that came beforehand. But we understand that Jesus' sufferings were a necessary part of our salvation, right? We understand that, that for the Messiah to come and do what He did, He had to suffer. And so, the sufferings were a necessary part of our salvation, and we understand that clearly because we know that His death on the cross paid our, the price for our sin. And His righteousness that He did all throughout His life, He lived the perfect life even in the midst of suffering. This was all part of salvation, a necessary part. Jesus' sufferings were the way to the glories also. Jesus understood that. We, we read that it. it says that, that Jesus, um, for the glory set before Him, endured the cross, despising its shame. Jesus understood that suffering came before glory and suffering was the way to glory. Jesus knew that He had to come down and do this work before He was going to be exalted. And so the sufferings of Christ were necessary and they were the way to glory. And then the glories, of course, we know Jesus' death led to His resurrection. Jesus' rejection and humiliation led to His exaltation. Jesus came to show us the way and to be the way. So Peter is helping the, these Christians who are going through this suffering say, you know, don't be surprised by this. Don't think this is somehow strange. This is what the Messiah had to go through. He had to come down and suffer before he had his exaltation and his glory. And so the sufferings and the glories were part of the coming of Jesus Christ and they were a part of this salvation. Very important for us to understand As we go through suffering, as we go through difficult times, as we have to perhaps suffer for being a Christian, as we live in a world that becomes hostile, we have to understand that it is not strange that Jesus Christ has gone before us and shown us the way to endure suffering and endure hardship and endure death and endure humiliation and being hated. He endured all of those things our Lord did for us. And if we have to suffer for His name, do not think it's strange. Don't don't give up hope. Don't be in despair. Remember that it is an honor to suffer for the name of Christ because our Savior suffered for us. And then Peter goes on to say that it was revealed to the prophets in verse 12. It was revealed to them, it was revealed to the prophets that they were not serving themselves But Peter says, you, again, speaking of the elect. So it was revealed to the prophets they were not serving themselves. The prophetic word was not for them or for their time. Some of the prophecies were being fulfilled during their time, but they realized that as they talked about the Messiah, they realized that it was not for their time. It was for the time for those who were going to be living in the days of the Messiah and after. I can't imagine what that must have been like. To, to realize that they had that kind of a place, to think about the time that was coming for the Messiah, and to realize what a, what a glorious thing it would be during the, the time that the, the Messiah was on this earth and then following before his, his second coming, and they realized that the work that they were doing was going to be important to those people who lived during the days of the, of the Messiah. And so they realized that they were serving the elect, they were serving the church, they were serving God's people. So their work was for the elect and their work was for the gospel. Even before Jesus Christ came, they had a a work for the gospel. The work that they were doing was for the gospel. The, The prophets spoke about the Christ. Others preached the gospel using prophetic word under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit from heaven. So it says, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, verse 12, but you, when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. So in other words, they, they understood that they were a part of something wonderful, God's plan of salvation. They were speaking in advance. And that someday, someday after the Messiah came, there were going to be people who were studying all of these things that had been given them by the Spirit of Christ, they were going to study and understand those and then use these words to help others come to know Jesus Christ. So others would preach the gospel. and We know that at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and empowered us to understand God's Word better and proclaim it with boldness. And so all of this was part of God's salvation, all part of this salvation through Jesus Christ. The prophets spoke, Jesus has fulfilled prophecy and will fulfill the remaining prophecy. The gospel is being preached, and the Holy Spirit is at work. And folks, all of these things are still being carried on. We know that we live, we live in this period of time between Jesus' first coming and His second coming, and this is the gospel period. This is the period in which the grace, grace has come and the doors of salvation are wide open. And we have a role to play. We have a role to play in this salvation, just like the prophets did, just like all of those who have preached the gospel. We, we know that it's not easy to preach the gospel. It's not easy to follow Christ. But we have a role to play. Even in the midst of suffering, we have a part to play in this salvation that is going forward into all the world and we know that it is the most important work that there is folks we know that this world is not going to last forever we know that it is it is going to be destroyed and be, be made new and the greatest thing that we can do is share the gospel with Jesus Christ uh, share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others share the hope that we have in Jesus Christ because this is the salvation that people need to find before the end We don't know when the end is going to come. Again, we are searching intently. that's, That's the big question. When is Jesus going to come back? When are all these things going to be fulfilled? We don't know that. But until then, we speak the gospel. We share the gospel. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we help people understand God's word, understand God's plan. We are those who believe it. We are those who preach it and who live it. And then he says this, this, this is a very interesting thing. Peter says at the end of verse um, twelve, even angels long to look into these things. What an interesting thing for Peter to add that little little aspect right there, right? And the um, in the original, uh, the uh, word to, uh, that is used for um, look into these things has to do with 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 uh, crouching down and looking over. It's it's a very intent. Look, it's somebody who is watching intently. You know, it's like being on the edge of your seat, you know, uh, watching a, a sports, sporting event and uh, something exciting is going on and you're very intent and in watching that, watching to see what's going to happen. That's what the angels are doing and they, they long to do that. They long to see what is going to happen. It is, it is a matter of, of great importance and interest to them, this salvation that is going on, this unfolding salvation which is an amazing thing to think about. You know, so many people in our world today, they are completely ignorant. They could care less about this salvation that's going on. They are, they are so captivated by everything else, and yet you think about the angels who understand they are, they are very interested in this unfolding salvation that's going on right now, that is, that, is, that is unfolding right before us. Turn with me to Revelation nineteen six through 10 Revelation 19, 6 through 10. This is such a great, great scripture. Uh, this is um, kind of near the end after the fall of Babylon, and we know that uh, in Revelation 18, when we look at Babylon, Babylon is is figured as, as the, the great city where Christians are, are killed, where the prophets are killed, and where God's people are killed because of, uh, because of their faith and their testimony, and, um, you know, the... Uh, this great power and this great force that, that just seems to be able to, to uh, destroy everything in its path. But then eight, chapter 18 shows us what it looks like when Babylon falls. And then chapter 19 is this great uh, praise that happens because of the fall of Babylon. And, you know, uh, as you look at this, you know, you've got two different kinds of people, those who weep over the fall of Babylon, right, because they, they, they benefited from Babylon to a great extent, but then you have those who rejoice over its destruction because it was such a godless place and because it brought such great persecution to the church. But picking up in uh, chapter 19 verse 6, it says, Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder, shouting, Hallelujah, for the Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. Then the angel said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. At this I fell at His feet to worship Him, but He said to me, Do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy." And so, what we have right there is 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 we have this this hallelujah chorus for the for the victory that God has brought over Satan and over the Antichrist and all of, over all these forces. And we see um, the wedding supper of the Lamb, which which is really I mean, you think about it, it's, it's like a wedding re- wedding reception. It's like a, a a wedding feast where the where the bride and groom have finally come together. And that's what we have here, Jesus Christ and His church, His bride, come together. But then you have this exchange between this angel and John. And the angel basically says, listen, I am am a servant of this as well, I'm a servant of this salvation, I'm a servant to the testimony of Jesus Christ. All of it, all of prophecy, everything has been leading its way. All history and future events are flowing in the direction of this salvation like an unstoppable force, Jesus is coming. This angel understands that. We are all servants of this salvation. This is the message that has, that has come to us through the prophets, has been brought to uh, partial fulfillment through the first coming of Jesus Christ, and ultimately we b- will be fulfilled through Jesus' second coming. And we are all servants of this salvation. This is the hope of the world. This is what our world needs to hear. In the midst of all the, ter- the turmoil and trouble and tribulation, this is the hope. This is the hope of the world. This is our only hope, Jesus Christ. So we are servants of this. And I hope this morning, no matter what you're going through, I hope that you, you have this as, a, as an assurance in your heart, as an assurance in your mind, may it give you peace. God's salvation is unfolding. Peter's going to go on and we're going to talk next Sunday, Lord willing. He's going to say in verse 13, therefore, prepare your minds for action. And I hope that's the way you feel. In the midst of all this, these, this turmoil and trouble and all that's going on in our world, sometimes it really seems like what, you know we're prepared to shrink back, stick our head in the sand and just sort of Uh, stay back and, and watch what's going on and hope that nothing happens. But no, no matter what's going on, because we are in the midst of this unfolding salvation, we need to be prepared for action. We need to be prepared to be effective witnesses in our day. This is our time. This is our time. It's not time to shrink back. It's not time to be intimidated and silenced. It's time to speak boldly for Jesus Christ. The world doesn't understand, but we, are, we, we must pray that the Lord would bring insight and bring, bring His light to people, and we are a part of that. We are a part of that as we bear witness to the truth. We are part of that as we, we, don't remain, we don't allow anyone to silence us, but we keep speaking because we know it's true. The world doesn't. The world wants us to shut up. The world wants us to be marginalized. But well, we must not and we cannot because we know this is the truth and we know this is the salvation. This is what people need to hear. This is our only hope. In just a moment, Autumn's going to come and lead us in one more song. She's going to sing it as it is well. And I hope that that's, let that be a message to you. When trouble and tribulation come, God is watching. God is in control. And I pray that that would be the feeling, the emotion that you would express that it is well, it is well with my soul because my God is on the throne, his salvation is unfolding and he will accomplish what he began. Thank you, Autumn. Well, I hope that some of it was, was audible. <laughs> it was really beautiful in here. I wish that we could have all been, been together uh, this morning. I apologize for the technical difficulties. Um, that uh, kind of goes with the territory, I guess, sometimes. But let me pray. Father, we're so grateful for all of your blessings. We're thankful for the fact that we can trust You and that we can have peace even in the midst of the difficulties of life. Father, we just pray that You would help us to go forward in faith, not in fear. And Lord, help us to be Your church triumphant. We're so grateful. We thank You. I just pray Your blessing on each individual, and each family. Lord, be with all those who are struggling. Father, I just pray that You would intervene on our behalf. Deliver us, I pray.